without being connected to one another. That's the nature of how God designed us and, and built us to be. Uh, and yet, I think in some ways, uh, we live in a time and a place, a culture, that really struggles with connection. It's just hard for us. And I think, especially in the Northwest, I think it's hard for people tend to be kind of a little like this. I had the privilege of pastoring in the Midwest for a significant period of time, and it was a little easier for them. They, they connected a little more, and, and then you go to other cultures, uh, and they, they just do it naturally in all kinds of ways. And so uh, it's an important part of, for us to kind of uh, get a hold of that piece of it uh, in connection. And so uh, let's, let's begin this morning by uh, looking at our um, memory verse. There we go. Uh, oops, we went two. So let's say this together. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 34, and 35. So I've been kind of laying out kind of this, uh, these four kind of components that I think are really important. By the way, these are not mine. Uh, I've picked this up somewhere along the way, but I have really come to appreciate them. So we, we've talked about loving and, and being loved and how we all need to be loved and we all need to love others. That's essential to who we are. Uh, and then knowing and being known was kind of last week when we talked about the importance of transparency and, and uh, owning kind of our stuff and, and being in a community where it's safe to do that. Um, and then serving and being served a few weeks ago, uh, the need to be involved and engaged in some sort of, of way in the work of the kingdom of God. Amen? Okay. So today we're going to talk about uh, what I find to be uh, both fun and challenging, celebrating and being uh, celebrated uh, together. And so kind of what I talk about is why holy party matters. Say holy party. holy party. Yeah, those who have been around know that I kind of use holy party for a celebration uh, just because I, I like that better than celebration. It sounds so serious and I'm not really good at, at serious. Uh, but, but this, uh, over the years, has been a bit of a challenge for me. Um, when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in a small church, uh, and, and it just seemed like most of the people who were Christians were very serious, you know? In fact, maybe even stern a lot. And I'm telling you, there were a few people I grew up with, I'm not sure I ever really saw them smile, you know? They were just, they just took the whole thing about religion really, really really seriously uh, in, in, in their life. And, and uh, my philosophy of life is, you know, take God serious and take God more serious and yourself less serious, right? That just seems to me to be the way to think about it. But for them, I think it was hard. And we, we had lots of rules, you know, and you had to follow the, the rules and, you know, always kind of wondering, what's, what's the principle behind these rules? How is there some sort of pattern for why we have some of these sorts of things? And it, it took me years to figure it out, but I finally figured it out, and it was this. If it's fun, we're against it. That's the rule. That's the pattern. That's the way it was laid out for us. Um, and, and it was just something about that that, that colored uh, kind of my experience of God. Uh, and then I, I went to school uh, and, and discovered these other passages in Scripture. We're going to share a bunch of them. We're going to kind of survey Scripture a little bit today, so we're going to go through a lot of them. Uh, but but they talked about the, the, my relationship with God in completely different terms than, than rules and violations and 
the sternness and, and all of that sort of thing. And that's when I began to say things like, holy party, you know? Holy party. Say holy party again. Yeah, and so here's, here's what I know to be true in this process. Followers of Jesus, more than anybody else in the world, have reason to celebrate. Amen? Because we are a resurrection people. And, yeah, let's try that again. We are a resurrection people. Yes, we know that the power of sin and death is broken and Jesus is alive. It is holy party. And that, that's kind of the beginning of the whole thing is this celebration of what God has done in Christ raising him uh, from the dead. And so this morning, I want to read the resurrection story to you from Matthew. If you have your Bibles, uh, Matthew 28, uh, 1 through 8 uh, this morning. Uh, and kind of, kind of look at this because this is, this is the foundation of what we do and, and what we're uh, about. And I love the way that it kind of gets reflected on in, in Matthew. So uh, this morning, we'll just kind of read through. After the Sabbath, okay, uh, so that's Saturday was the Sabbath for them, so Sunday morning. As the first light of the new week dawned, they got up early, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly, the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angels from heaven came right up to where they were standing, right? So it's first thing in the morning, and you've got an angel come down from heaven, right? You're all reading like, like that happens every day to you, right? This would have been an amazing sort of moment. He rolled back the stone and then sat on it. Shafts of light blazed from him. His garments shimmered snow white. The guards to the tomb were scared to death. I'll bet they were. They were so frightened they couldn't move. The angel spoke to the woman. There is nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. Okay, good Friday. The kingdom of heaven make... Uh, wait, what happened here? Look at that, the one they nailed to the cross. And we missed some of the rest of it here. Let me read the rest of it to you here. Um, that one they nailed to the cross, he is not here, he was raised just as he said. Okay. He was raised just as he said. Amen. There we go, thank you. Okay, um, come and look at the place where he was placed. Now get on your way quickly and tell his disciples. So they're sending them out, sending them out. He is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. <laughs> he is risen from the dead. I'm trying to warm you guys up for Easter, okay? So we're going to work on this a little bit. He is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. That's the message that he has risen from the dead. The women, deep in wonder and full of joy. Say, full of joy. Lost no time leaving the tomb. They ran to the disciples, okay? That's our story. The woman, full of joy full of celebration, the realization that, that everything had changed. They didn't even begin to understand the implications of all of that, but they knew that this was something worth celebrating that would happen. And that celebration that began with them comes all the way through 2,000 years of history to us this morning. Amen? Amen? Okay, so here's what I know. There is nothing in the history of the world more worthy of holy party than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And I, I just, you just need to get this, that, that this is foundational to, to who we are and, and, and what we are about. This, this preaching the resurrection is the beginning of Christian preaching. It's the, the first time that it happens. And you notice it's the women that get to do it first, right? And here's the really sad part. The guys, the disciples, they didn't believe them, you know. 
So nothing ever changes. It's just like that, okay? <laughs> um, so this is, the, this is what it's about. Holy party is what we're about because of the resurrection. And that is shot through all of our experience of life. All of our theology needs to connect to the resurrection. Uh, all of our way of thinking, all of our life uh, between all of that. Christ's death, in one sense, fulfilled the Old Testament, fulfilled the old way, way, and the resurrection represents the new thing that has come, that that we live in the power uh, of that, the the new part of it, the the heart for God and for what he wants to do with us. And so we celebrate the resurrection every place we find it. Amen? Okay, we bring life where there is death. We, we speak of resurrection, we speak uh, of hope, and we celebrate, we party with that. So, last week I told you that all of you were weird. Does anybody remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, we remember, Pastor. I don't like going that. So I've got another one for you. Here's what I believe. Oops. Back up. You are a party animal. <laughs> Look at the person next to you and say, you are a party animal. <laughs> That's better than weird, isn't it, you know? So, so at the heart of that, this idea is that, that a part of who we are, we, we celebrate. That makes us a party. I'm not talking about debauchery here, okay? You all know that. This is, this is about celebrating what, what God ha- has done and in our lives. And so we should be a part of that. There's a certain amount of that should be just a part of who we are and, and what we do. Um, so there's a lot of comparisons about this, a lot of places where this kind of topic comes up. Uh, and one of them uh, is where uh, the kingdom of God is compared to a giant party. So um, Jesus, oh well, Jesus was a partier. Yeah, and I missed another slide in there. I'm missing some slides in here. So let me read, let me back up and read Matthew 22 too. Um, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Now, when you all think of a wedding feast, you think of a few hours and a short ceremony and maybe, you know, you get chicken for dinner or something afterwards, all of that. That's what kind of a wedding feast looks like for us. But in the first century, a wedding feast was a multiple day event. They talk about five to seven days. Anybody had more than one day at a wedding feast? No, none of us. We don't even do that. I mean, even if it goes the whole day, if it were eight hours, we'd all be exhausted. And like, oh, that was so much for us, you know. But, but that's in the first century. It was a big deal. So when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding feast, he said this is a big party that we're throwing all that. It's, it's just so cool. And it, this theme gets picked up in other places. The church is referred to as the bride of Christ. Amen? Again, that celebration and, and all that goes with that. I love that image, you know, because I mean, when, when I, I remember, I remember when I was standing up there for my wedding and they played the march for the bride and they opened the doors and there was Jody. And I think her dad was there too, but there was Jody. <laughs> and I remember looking at her and I was so glad everybody was looking at her because I was crying, you know? She's my bride. And, and the, the joy of these images in Scripture of, of what it's like in, in that, that moment for them. And, and, and the cool thing about the, the Matthew passage, at, at the end of it, a part of the story is that everybody is invited. The, the, the important people and the, the powerful people. If you're an important person or a powerful person, you're invited to the kingdom of God. And it goes all the way down to the very least, the last, and the lost. To the people that didn't even have clothes for it and, it and all of that sort of thing. And so the good news is important and powerful people, powerful people are invited to the kingdom of God. And so are you. Amen. And me. 
and all of us and all of our, 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 our brokenness and all of our stumbles and everyone, everyone is invited. And so here's the good news. Jesus was a partier, right? He, 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 he was a part of it. Where did Jesus do his first, first miracle? At a wedding, at a feast that was going on for all of it. And it's kind of the first hint that he's more than just a prophet or more than just a, a rabbi. There's something more about this man, Jesus. It's the beginning of the revealing that, that he's the, the Messiah. And, and he was an observant Jew. And they, they, they had party all the time. They had all kinds of celebrations. They had uh, 10 major celebrations. You think about that in the course of a year. I mean, that's every few weeks if, you, if it were to average out like that. And, and there were minor celebrations as well, plus the wedding feasts. And you just didn't go to the, just the wedding of your kids. You went to the wedding feast of the neighbors and all of the relatives and, and all of that. And so you could have lots of weddings in the course of, of a year. And, and so Jesus was at all kinds uh, of parties. And, and then in his ministry, he was always going over to places to eat with people. And, and that wasn't just like a casual thing. That was a big deal back, back then. So here's what I know about celebration. There's great spiritual power in celebration. There, there's some things that we get in how we relate to one another. It, it builds the bonds of community when we celebrate together. It reinforces our, our connections with one another. We had a great time at Trunk or Treat last night with all the, the cars out here. And it wasn't just the, the thing for the little kids. There were all these fun conversations going on between us, you know, as you're talking to the car next to you and the car on the other side and you walk down and, and uh, one, of the, one of the cars had, had a fire, you know. Strange, they were quite popular as it got colder. We're all kind of like, you know, <laughs> we wanted to be one with them, you know. And, and there, there's just kind of this celebration that's going on amongst the volunteers. And, and now we have this shared experience that we, we talk about, you know, and what we did and what we saw. And that kid was so cute. And, and all. there's something about that that, that happens um, in, in, in all of that. But for the people of Israel, when all of those parties and celebrations those were all designed as a constant reminder of the goodness of God. Amen. I mean, that's why we celebrate. That's why we have those things. It's, it's a reminder that God has been good to us in, in one way or another. When they celebrate coming out of slavery, God has been good to us. We need to celebrate that. When they celebrate crossing, you know, the, the Red Sea, we need, we need to celebrate that. When, you know, all of the things that they would do, they, they celebrated. It reminds us of God's blessings in our lives. And it kind of helps to inoculate us against something that I struggle with, which is workaholism and self-sufficiency. It, it's just, it's easy to get my head down and, and, and work, and, and, and I love my work, and so the work itself is in many ways the, the reward for me, but, it, but it's hard for me sometimes to get my head up and say, we need to celebrate this. So I, I just want you to know, I am preaching to myself this morning, okay? I, I'm not being a hypocrite because I admitted it, all right, okay? But this is sometimes hard. I, I just kind of go forward and, and I've actually asked my staff, remind me that we need to celebrate together. Uh, some of you saw the picture. We, we took Reese out for uh, lunch because he had celebrated one year here. He had endured us for a whole year. So we were excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thankful uh, for that. Um, but we just, we just need to do this more. We need to celebrate more uh, because there's, there's a spiritual power that is a part of this in recognizing what God has done. Amen? So I, I want you to get that, that part of it, that, that the, the, at the heart of celebration is this, this spiritual power that comes from being reminded of what God has done and his goodness to us in so many ways. Okay, so did you know 
that you bring pleasure to God. Did you know that? See? Oh, good. You're all just like me. I struggle with that idea. Because of the workaholism, because of the, the environment I, I, I grew up in, I, there was this unspoken, they didn't mean to say it, but there was this unspoken message that if you didn't work hard for God, there was something wrong with you. And by the way, if you messed up, then there was really something wrong with you along the way. And I remember in adolescence, and in adolescence, you have lots of opportunities to mess up and not live up to what you should be, and all of those sorts of things. And I struggled with that. I struggled with this idea that God derived pleasure from me. And then something amazing happened to me. I had my first child. And as I held that little girl in my hands, who offered me nothing, she was slobbery and smelly and all kinds of stuff. And I didn't know it yet, but she was going to be a boatload of work and cost a whole lot of money. But in that moment, I would have given my life to protect hers. And she brought me so much pleasure. Now, in later years, so there were some times where there wasn't quite as much pleasure, you know? Maybe some challenges along the way. But today, she's all grown up. She's a responsible adult. She brings me great pleasure. And here's the truth of it. It had nothing to do with what she did. It was just that she was my daughter, and I loved her. Amen? Amen. And then I think about God. God loves me more than my parents loved me. God loves me more than I love my children. Not because, you know, but God has more capacity for love. And so God finds pleasure in you just because you're his children. We're going to look at that in just a minute. So let's jump to Psalms 149. It says this. This is so good. Hallelujah. Sing to God a brand new song. Praise him in the company of all who love him. Let all Israel celebrate their sovereign creator. Zion's children exalt in their king. Let them praise his name in dance. Okay. Any of you want to try dancing during worship? No. Okay. Strike up the band, okay? And, uh, and uh, make great music. And, and why? Because God delights in his people. Say delights. I love that. That's kind of a different translation of it. God delights in his people. God delights in you. Adorns plain folk with salvation gardens. That gar garlands. Uh, I love that. Plain folk like you and me. That God just delights in, in, in you and who you are and the creation and, and all of that piece of it. I, I tell people regularly, I think I learned more about the heart of God when I had children than all my years of school. I learned a lot about God in those years of school, but the heart of God, when I became a parent, I learned that. And God feels that way about you. God delights in you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, look to your neighbor and say, God delights in you. <laughs> All right, let's go on here. Uh, Luke uh, 15 says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Have you ever wondered what it's like when somebody comes to Christ in heaven? When, I, when I've had the opportunity to lead people to Christ, I always say to them, you realize all of heaven is exploding with joy and holy party right now. Amen? 
I mean, that, that's what it's like. There's this celebration of, of what's happened in that moment. That's why we celebrate so much when we baptize people. That's why I make a shout and holler and whistle and all those, those things we do because we're just kind of a, a poor reflection of what's happening in heaven over the celebration of new life in Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ makes possible new life. Amen? Amen. And that's, again, that's why this is such an important thing uh, in us, that there's joy when you found Christ all of heaven rejoiced. All of heaven rejoiced in, in, in all of that. But I'll tell you, for some of us, there's this unspoken thought that if I'm not perfect, God isn't pleased with me. And I talk to people all the time. I mean, we don't like to say that out loud, but they have this thing that, you know, oh, I'm doing this, and I don't, you know, and sometimes when people flat out, I don't think God likes me. I'm like, oh, God's way past like, you know? But that's what we feel, and, and that's what we, we experience. And, and again, I think the thing that's helped me was uh, being a, a parent, because we love and take pleasure in our children, even when they're not perfect, amen? amen. And by the way, I've met your children, they're not perfect, okay? <laughs> they're not, but, but you take pleasure and joy in, in them through all of that, because they're yours, because you love them, and you are Christ, and he takes pleasure in you, and it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, I think soccer taught me this. Uh, you know, you can get spiritual lessons out of things that happen in life. My son played soccer uh, starting five years old or sixth all the way through varsity at, um, in Lake Stevens. Uh, but in those early years, it was, it was kind of fun to watch how enthusiastic parents were uh, about soccer and, and their kids. And I, I, one of the times where it really came home to me that performance wasn't really mattered and how parents raised their kid was, was uh, they were playing a soccer, they were fairly small, they were playing a soccer, and this one kid was just really enthusiastic and going after it, and the ball finally came to him, and he kicked it with all of his might, I don't even know if his eyes were open, and right into the goal. But it was an own goal. You know what an own goal is? An own goal means he put it in the other team's net and, you know, they scored a point. And the parent wasn't very far from me, and the parent's like, yay! <laughs> you know, all the rest of us are like, really? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, really, you know, I think that's the only goal that kid scored the whole, the whole season, but they scored one, you know? Couldn't figure out why the goalie wasn't concerned about them getting the ball in, uh, but... You know, and I, I watched the kids would header things the wrong way or pass to the other team or all of those sorts of things. And those parents are like, yay! And by the way, that's when it's fun when they're little, right? When they got older, everybody understood the game. And then it's like, ah, you did that wrong. And I'm like, yeah. But God celebrates you even when you get it wrong. Amen. Amen. And some of you believe that. God celebrates you even when you get it wrong. It has to be that way because God loves us more than we love our children. So we do that for our children. You can bet God does that for his children. So let's look at another passage. I love Zephaniah. Any of you do devotions in Zephaniah this morning? Yeah, yeah. Not very many people even look at this one. The Lord your God is in your midst. There's a whole sermon right in that. God is with you, right? And they're facing an, an army and a whole situation here. But the Lord your God is in your midst. God is with us. We're about to celebrate into Advent and Christmas. And Emmanuel, God is with us. The Lord is in your midst. A victorious warrior. He will exalt over you. Amen. You ever picture Christ exalting over you? With joy. 
He will be quiet uh, in his love, or, or he'll quiet you, he'll calm you with, with his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Okay, and this is just my imagination. It gets a little out of control. Have you under, ever wondered what it's like when God shouts? I mean, I can shout pretty loud. Would you like me to demonstrate? <laughs> Thank you, whoever said that. <laughs> Imagine how loud it must be when God shouts for joy, rejoicing over you in, in all of this. The joy and pleasure and, and gladness and, and happiness. So here's what I know to be for tr- true for sure. You are worth celebrating simply because you are a child of the living God. Amen. You, you're, you're not worthy because you work. You're not worthy because you behave perfectly and you keep all of the rules. You are worthy because you are a child of the living God and he loves you so much that he would give his life for you and that he would be raised ultimately for you. It's the heart of all of this. You don't need to do anything, but everything you do brings joy to God. I think even own goals. I think that brings joy to God as, as well. So... Everyone needs people who celebrate them and who they celebrate. That's what we're about. We celebrate what God has done, and then we celebrate what God has done in and through people in all kinds of different ways. People who are truly happy for your success and people for whom you are truly happy for their success how God is working through them. And they celebrate how God is working through you. And this can only really happen in community, in connectedness to one another, in knowing one another well enough to know what's going on in each other's lives. You can't keep up with everybody in this room. In fact, I would be willing to guess you don't even know all the names of the people in this room. In fact, you may not even know all the names of the people in your section or the person next to you. But you can have a few others. This is why we talk about small groups, about being connected with a group of people that know your story, that know what's going on, that celebrate. When you go, man, God did this great thing in my life, they go, yay! And when you say, God did this thing and he gave me a promotion and he did this or whatever that looks like, you go, yes, we are so happy for you in that. Everyone, everyone needs people who celebrate them and who they celebrate okay look at it's commanded in scripture here it is romans 12 15 rejoice with those who rejoice holy party and weep with those who weep and sometimes in the church we're more comfortable with the weep with those who weep like we like we like the tenderness you know someone's having a hard time you pray for them that is the kingdom of god amen It absolutely is that we care for those who are down and and who are struggling. But also rejoice with those who rejoice is a part of the kingdom. And we need both of those in in our lives where we rejoice and we we weep with with people. That's the, 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 the essence of the connection is we are bonded together in the good, the bad, and and the ugly. Okay? In fact, in, in, in the Church of Jesus Christ, we barely need anything at all to holy party. I mean just Almost nothing will let us holy party. And, and look at, because look at this. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you woke up this morning, holy party. Amen. You know? And I'll tell you, I didn't get that quite as much till I had cancer. And then all of a sudden, it's like every day. It really has changed my perspective. Every day is like, thank you, Lord, for this day, because it wasn't promised. You know, it could have been a completely different outcome. And, and, and every day we wake up, let us rejoice and be glad in it because everything, every day is a gift from God. Amen? And I know the alarm kind of runs the party, right? You know, it's like, oh, and that goes off. But, but every day we are to rejoice in him. So 
Uh, here's why it's so important. I touched on this earlier. Celebrating and being celebrated is acknowledging God's work in our lives and those around us. Celebrating being celebrated is acknowledging God's work in our lives and, and, and those around us. A birthday is a gift from God, amen? That's why we, we celebrate it. We're so happy for that. In fact, there's some research to, uh, to justify that. Uh, studies have shown that people who have more birthdays live longer. <laughs> Didn't know that, did you? <laughs> Sorry. Again, not mine. I stole that. But I really like it. <laughs> and by the way, there's one statistic that you absolutely know is true, okay? That people who have more birthdays live longer. It's just the way uh, it works. Um, so we, we acknowledge in one another where we see God at work in, in their lives. Uh, and, and what God is doing. So we don't, we don't just party just to party. We party to celebrate what God is doing. We party to celebrate what God has done in, in our lives and, and all, all of that piece of it. And so um, celebrating and being celebrated uh, reminds us that all of life is a gracious gift from God. Amen. You know, it, it's about remembering it's about remembering what God has done and remembering what God is doing. That's why Israel had all of those things so that they would remember those places where God had done, had done stuff in their life, where he had rescued them, where he had worked in their lives. And, and, and the, the celebration was, okay, everybody stop, and we're just going to celebrate God for a while, right? I mean, that's why they built altars. They built an altar, and then the altar would be there, and when the next generation came by and some little kid said to his dad, what's that big pile of rocks, dad? They, they told the story. They, it was a reminder. When we take the Lord's table, we say, do this in remembrance or do this remembering what Christ has done for you. Remembering is huge and celebration is a part of that remembering what God has done in us because all of life, all of life, every piece of it is a gracious gift from job. That promotion you got, God was in that. That new connection with people, God was in that. God is in our lives in so many ways in all the parts and pieces of it. So here to all of you workaholics, celebrating is not a waste of time. <laughs> Boy, we got a bunch of workaholics in our church, you know. But it's, it's an important part. Uh, the more you identify God's working in the world, the more you'll want to party. And I know that's true, because I've experienced that. Because I've struggled, and so I've had to focus on, okay, where is God working? Where do you see God working in the world? And the more I see that, the more I'm like, woohoo, God is good! Amen. <laughs> he's, he's at work in our world in so many ways. So, um, could it be that we don't feel like partying because we are blind to God's work around us? Maybe it's not about not liking parties. Maybe we don't see anymore where God is at work. We take for granted. One of the difficulties, I think, in many ways of our uh, post-enlightenment world, our scientific world, is we have explanations for so many things, right? Well, that happened because this happened, and that happened because this happened. And pretty soon we forget that God is in the midst of it. God said all good gifts come from him. And the fact that we can explain how he did it doesn't change the fact that he did it, amen? And, and so I, I think there's a, an important part of opening our eyes. And so I periodically, I, I pray this, Lord, open my eyes to where you're at work in the world. Let me see where you're moving and you're, you're doing wonderful things in, in so many ways. So let me give you um, some holy party tips, okay? Some things to help you with this. Number one, uh, celebration doesn't always have to be big. 
Often celebration, in fact, is very powerful and simply in this spoken word. Congratulations. That's a way of celebrating with them, right? Great job. It's a way of celebrating with them. I appreciate you. That's a celebration in theirs. And so expressing gratitude is a powerful way of celebrating with people. And it's even better than birthday cake, okay? Because it makes a difference in their lives. And birthday cake does too, but a whole other way kind of a thing. Number two, um, find creative ways to celebrate others. Find ways that, that no one else has thought of. Handwritten notes are so cool because we live in a world of emails and texts. Amen? You know, so if you just say, man, I just really appreciate, or I saw God working in you in this way, or, or I saw God happen, you doing this thing, and I'm trying to remember this in the congregation when I see you guys doing things where I go, oh, that's the kingdom of God right there. And so some of you picked up on this. You'll tell me about something that's going on in your life. I'll say, that's the kingdom of God on earth. I can think of no greater compliment than that. That is the kingdom. You are doing the kingdom. God is working through. And they're like, no, 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 I was just kind of making friends. You were making friends with somebody that didn't have friends. It was a stranger that showed up here and they didn't know anybody and you reached out to them. That's the kingdom of God on earth, amen? And that should be celebrated in, in our lives. I, I, well, I just helped them out a little. That's the kingdom of God on earth. We should celebrate that, right? We should, we should be a people that, that do of that. And so um, uh, do, find creative ways to celebrate with others. And then celebrate people out loud and in front of people, right? Make sure that, that it's okay to be known, whether it be birthday parties, whether it's gathering uh, for victory things, all of those sorts of things. So here's what I, I know. Growing up, um, when I was growing up, a lot of things were spiritualized, right? That's where you take something that's going on and you add a spiritual component to it. It was almost always negative. So like uh, one time my daughter, when she was little, she didn't want to eat her peas. Uh, and we had that person with us and, and sharing a meal with us. And that person, older person, said to my daughter, God wants you to eat your peas. <laughs> and I controlled myself for the most part. <laughs> but I said, we don't believe that. We don't think eating your vegetables is a spiritual issue. Amen. <laughs> you know? Besides that, I don't eat mine a lot. But... <laughs> We see what, so, so what if we change that, that script? What if we, what if we flip that? What, what, if, um, what if we spiritualize the good things we see God doing in people's lives? There's, there's this little thing, I see in you sort of thing. I see in you God at, at work. I, I see God's calling and God's gifts in, in your life. God is applauding you. What if we could be this kind of a church where we spiritualize the good things that are going on because the power of sin and death is broken and Jesus is alive and the power of the resurrection is moving through our world and moving through you, amen? amen. So, my prayer is that God will make us a holy party community of Jesus followers, amen? amen. We could be like holy party church of the Nazarene. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> but that's, that's what God is doing. God is on the move. And if our musicians uh, could come, um, I, I just think it's so important that we affirm and encourage and bless and party together with one another. Amen? Amen? So here's what I want you. Here's your homework. I want you to be on alert all this week for times where you can holy party with people. I'm not talking about going out to dinner. I'm talking about blessing them with your words, saying, that's a great job. God is at work in your life. Look what God is doing in you. Everybody nod your head. Because I'm praying God's going to show it to you, and then you're going to go, oh, this is what the pastor was talking about. Now i got to say something to him, okay? So, final, final, so, oh, and, and by the way, this, here's a big opportunity for you. This, uh, this year, the fourth Sunday of Advent falls on Christmas Eve. 
So it's going to be busy around here. We'll have a, a, a service at 10 o'clock, and then we'll have our two Christmas Eve services. Our service at 10 o'clock, we are planning on having a children's choir. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And when they get done, I expect every one of you to tell at least one of them that they did a great job. Amen? that you holy party with them, that you affirm them. That's the kind of church kids should grow up in where they go, great job, God is at work in your life. And I love that second part, the spiritualization, God is at work in your life. When they got up on the platform and overcame their fear and sang, God is at work in your life. The power of the resurrection. So, one final question, if our musicians would come. Who do you need to celebrate? Who do you, God bring somebody to mind? Who do you need to celebrate with? Who do you need to affirm in their lives? And if all of us will do that, all of us will also get celebrated. Celebrate and be celebrated. Celebrate others and be celebrated together. We're going to sing a great song called King of Kings, and it celebrates the resurrection. So let me pray for us before we do that. Father God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Pray, Father, that you would make us a church that holy parties, that celebrates and, 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 and is celebrated, Father, that we might continue the celebration that began so long ago in that empty grave when you came back to life and gave us the power of the resurrection. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church family. Thank you so much for watching this video. We hope that God is inspiring you and working in your life. If so, make sure you send this video to a friend so that they can be impacted by the good news of the gospel as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single video. And as always, we hope that God is continuing to work and move in your life. Thanks again for watching. God bless.